All right, welcome back into the Plank Show. Sorry, I just broke my microphone. I, It's not broke. It's just the, the back part of it falls off. It's Wait. falling apart, people. It's falling apart. <laughs> oh, no. no. Actually, they're kind of like the Chiefs in the second half. I, I want to give you some credit. You, you do a better job in handling this than I would because I probably would have called off work this morning. I, I don't know how other people are, and I, I – you know, I don't know. I'm sort of crazy about it. I mean, I really care a lot to see Kansas City win. And, you know, I, I probably care too much, and it's kind right. of stupid. I, I get it. You're not a part of the team. I mean, you know, I all of that, I mean, it, it's silly to get that worked up over it. But legitimately, I mean, like <laughs> last night I'm tossing and turning in bed thinking about things that could have gone different in the game. I don't know. You know, it's like it it, it it does bother me that that they didn't win the game and you know, I I don't know. It's stupid. But, you know, it's just kinda how I feel. It's how I'm wired, people. I can't help it. I sit there and it's kinda funny because I look at it and think, Derek Carr waits like a another pat. The Raiders are gonna force overtime with the Bengals. Because Darren Waller is breaking open. Or if they don't spike the ball on first down. That's how my dumb and I then, mean, no, but think about it though. If Ryan Tannehill doesn't throw a pick. Bengals are going to the Super Bowl. Why not the Raiders if they win that game? If, if Tannehill doesn't throw that pick, the the Titans had, at the very least, Josh, five chances to knock out the Bengals in that game, right? And they just couldn't get it done. And I, I know that this is very much – what could have been. This will go down as one of the great what-ifs. But if Tannehill doesn't throw that interception, I'm not so sure Kansas City doesn't go to Nashville and stomp a hole in the Titans because I don't think that they would have been able to match up and and shut down Kansas City, even though they – what, didn't they beat them earlier in the season? <laughs> yeah. Everybody that was left from the divisional round had beaten Kansas City. So, yeah. I, I don't know. But, you know. Revisionist history will be fun on this one. Okay, you want to hit the uh, top five stories of the day? Ah! Seeing that I race out, I've, I've done, I want to make this very clear because I know a lot of you have too. I've done a lot of like zooming in and seeing who's who in that picture. Um, and you know what? Really, it's, it's, not, it's not a bad place to start with big story number five. Number five. Because honestly, there's a lot of staff members in there that deserve to get more respect than they get. Like, for instance, I'm, I'm so happy for my guy, John Kelly, who is going to be the director of football operations. And uh, it's a role that most of you probably wouldn't know, but it was a role that was handled so – because it only you only hear about a director of ops maybe if something goes wrong, right? It's like, oh, the team didn't make it on time. Well, the director of ops missed um, – <laughs> There they, was some coordination problems. Right. Oh, the team's not staying in a hotel. They're actually camping out. Well, the director of ops screwed it up. But John's a stud, and he's young, and we had the greatest director of ops in the history of, of, of college sports in Matt McMillan. And so you have a foundation that had been set starting in 1999 when this dude came here and showed you what it's supposed to be. And I love it. So I'm really pumped for my guy, John Kelly. You know, we looked at that picture uh, picture and you saw guys like Phil Lodeholt. You saw Curtis Lofton, Caleb Kelly. We talked about it back in hour number one. Kind of the new, it's the best way to put it, department for OU football, right, is – is the best soul serving our uncommon legacy. 
Caleb Kelly will join the staff and be the director of SOUL's sole mission of player development. Um, Josh Norman will also be a member of that sole team. Good job of our guy Jalen Ross at OU Sports Daily in in breaking that story. When are we – are we going to get some official uh, release from Oklahoma on something like that? I don't will know. I, that's a great question. Because, I like, what do they do? What is their role? Is it just <laughs> – is it just a, another way to have a bright football minds around? Which I'm Maybe. all for. I'm just curious. So if I, here, here's the way I look at it. If you really want to look at it from a, a term that's used that's been used quite a bit, and that term is holistic. If you want to look at this from a holistic perspective, that kind of ties into what Britton Venables has been talking about, right? It's more than just your football ability and, yes, Wins we're going to win games, right? But we're going to build your mind, your body, and your soul, and we're going to you know, we're gonna make this a family. And I know it sounds corny to some, but there's, there's a lot of family in what you see in that picture from Miguel Chavis' Twitter feed this weekend. And I'm, and I'm sure others had it out there. I just follow Coach Chavis. I, I get you. It's about the development of people. It's about student athletes, the importance of the education. I, I get that 100, percent and I'm all for it. Got to win th- games. I think it's important. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, what, a- what is soul? Like, what what are they going to be doing? It's like someone walks in, and it's the great line from Office Space. Where it's, what what is it exactly that you do here? Oh no, it's a difficult question. Well, let's see. There's a lot that I do here. In fact, speaking of, um, just the the meme started making the rounds. I think it was Gerald McCoy that started maybe Rex Chapman. It's a movie that you've seen more than three times. I will say my pregame viewing on Sunday, Josh, was Beer League with Artie Lang. It's been so long since I've seen that. I need to need to see it again. That's a that's one of the great not great movies. One of the greatest awful movies in the history of mankind. Especially if you're a Howard Stern fan. You've got to take about – like, I haven't watched it in, like, six months. But when you go back, some of the jokes are a little funny. You're like, nah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You could not do that movie today. Oh, God, no. But, yeah, Beer League. That was my pre-gaming. Anyway, point being, um, I was sitting there, and so I, I saw that start going through the mix, and I realized, you know, Office Space is probably in that – for me, that list of movies that I've seen more than three times. And so with S-O-U-L, Soul, it's like, what is it exactly that you do here? It'll be fascinating as we learn more about it. And not, you know, I, I don't want it to sound like I'm being in any way critical. I, I'm, I'm not trying. I'm just genuinely curious. Like, what is the role within the, the football uh, brain trust here? I mean, what all are you doing? Like, former player engagement, I, I get that. That makes sense to me. I can wrap my brain around that. Sure. I, I will say, though, it's kind of funny. If we could have a segment on this show where everyone were – you know, if when you go to church, the the pastor might say, turn to page whatever in your hymnal. Again, my man, Pastor Adam, doesn't do that. Thank you, Adam. But he'll send you to maybe a, a scripture or verse. I feel like we could have a moment here. It's like, would everyone go to the Twitter um, account of Miguel Chavis, and we can go through this picture together and go across the way. I will say one of the one of the pictures that's who's that guy? Uh the very first person that you see on the far left of said photo in the back row is Woody Glass, who is a special assistant to the head coach. So you got Woody Glass, you've got um I believe 
I believe LaDamian Washington is the first guy on the bottom row. There's some familiar faces like the Brandon Halls. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm with you. I'd, I'd love to have – and they're recruiting right now. So we're not going to get this in. Maybe it comes Wednesday, right? But I'd love to have you know a moment where it's, okay, here's, here's what this means. Here are who, every, who's every, who everyone is. Here's what the responsibility here – because it's just, again, I'm not saying, what is it? We need to know. I'm just – I think we're all curious, right? We'd love Gen- the more information. Genuinely curious, yes. Look at you. What a kind word. Genuinely curious. All right, so, so with that in mind, the other angle on the more pressing needs revolves around commitments and, I guess, non-commitments. We'll start with the negative first. Jackson, Dart, Michael Trigg both going to Ole Miss – not a surprise. Boy, Lane Kiffin sure is taking his victory lap right now. He's kind of claiming himself to be the the portal god. In fact, I think I saw a, a a meme with Tiger King's body, Lane Kiffin's face. On and, Joe Exotic? On Joe Exotic, right. Oh, my goodness. Thank you. Joe Exotic's body, Lane Kiffin's face, it's hugging a tiger, and the tiger's face says transfer portal. So, Lane <laughs> – Lane Kiffin is taking his victory lap for getting himself Jackson Dart. But for Oklahoma, we'll see if they – someone had brought up, what about JT Daniels? I don't know. I feel like they're pretty set now. We'll see at quarterback. Don't know. No word on Caleb Williams. I either. mean, if JT Daniels absolutely wanted to come. I don't think you, they're going to say you need to go somewhere else. Right. You say yes, I would think. What do we know about Eric McCarty, the 2023 commit for the Sooners? We know he's a whale of a football player at McAllister. He's been a – Tremendous running back. I, he'll be in the defensive back plans for Oklahoma, but uh, I think uh, he's sort of one of those diamond in the rough type players for for OU, and an, obviously an in-state kid. So I think that part of it's pretty exciting. It's a an approach for Brent Venables and this staff that they're going to take some chances on kids from the state of Oklahoma. I love it. It's big time. It's really cool. So kudos to him and. We'll know about Grayson Halton on signing day, right? The big 6'3", 270-pound edge rusher out of San Diego who had been a long-time commit to Oregon, but it seems like that's cooled a bit using 24-7 sports terminology. But getting warmer with Oklahoma, and I think he's been crystal balled there by all three of their lead experts, or at least three of their lead experts, and Brandon Huffman, Greg Biggins, and Steve Wiltfon, and that's huge. Yeah, you – See, all of those names makes you feel pretty confident that Halton is going to sign with Oklahoma on Wednesday. But we shall see. Yeah, we'll see. You you never know. And then, of course, everybody's uh, fired up by Gentry Williams, who it seems, as everyone planned, he'll sign with Oklahoma on Wednesday. And I think that was in doubt. Pretty seriously in doubt. Not too awful long ago. So, huge. Huge for OU to keep Gentry Williams in this class. Kudos, no kudos to Jay Valai. All right, um, big story number four. Number four. Now, we could do a lot of things here. So I just figured let's try to pack in everything we can because we've got OU hoops at three, we've got Brady's retirement at two, and we got the championship games in one. All right, let's start. Toby was in Auburn this weekend. Oklahoma basketball, more on that in a second. But Auburn seems to kind of be the epicenter of – coaching erosion right now suddenly their defensive coordinator is going to Oklahoma State and now report this morning that their offensive coordinator 
who had just joined the staff in December, is already leaving. To go where? Austin Davis. Uh, he was hired from the Seahawks. Took some time away from the program, according to a source. And apparently is leaving for personal reasons. An announcement from Auburn is expected later today. He was to replace Mike Bobo, who still keeps getting jobs even though he's terrible as an offensive coordinator. Uh, Davis was an NFL quarterback, and he becomes the second coordinator to leave this month after Derek Mason stepped down to take the job at Oklahoma State. So a developing story in, in Auburn with Austin Davis walking away from the program. Meanwhile, um, the, the, the dude who had taken the um, coordinator's role, or at least a running back's coach's role with Miami, is already on the move because if you think about it, Brian McK- why, why am I spacing on the Oregon interim coach's name for the bowl game? Like Brian McKinney, I think, Brian McKinnell, something like that. McKinnell's who I work with at OU. Anyway, uh, Georgia pried him away from Miami. So, yeah, pretty impressive stuff. Brian McClendon, thank you. Brian McClendon, who was Oregon's interim coach for the bowl game, was on his way to Miami, and now he's taken a job with Georgia, according to reports this morning. And it, it looks it looks like one other quick coaching note, if you're into this kind of stuff, it looks like Alabama is preparing for the loss of their offensive line coach. Seems like Doug Marone is set after a year in the college game, he's going to head back to the NFL, maybe, maybe with Josh McDaniels in Vegas. But Alabama hired Eric Wolford as their new offensive line coach. He was at Kentucky. Anything else in the coaching ranks that caught your eye in college football this week and that I may have missed? Oh, I don't, I don't think so. That's uh, kind of crazy with Auburn. I, I mean, why is that? That's I don't know. I don't know what's going tough on. Tough to explain. Yeah, and, and you never know. Maybe Austin Davis got there from the Seahawks and realized, oh, geez, I've got to do all this when I coach in college? I, I don't know. And <laughs> he's like, I'm out. But beyond that, college basketball this week and before we hit the Sooner side of things, a big story number three, pretty solid statement made by Kentucky and Kansas. Holy smokes. Though I cannot get enough of the scoreboard piece falling on the face of one of the Kansas players as they were taking the course, uh, a court. Overall, Josh, not the best Big 12 SEC challenge that we've had. <laughs> no, no, it was not. Oklahoma made a nice uh, nice little run at Auburn in the second half, and then obviously wheels completely fell off after that. Got back within, what, four or so? Yeah. And- the SEC won six of the ten matchups. The Big 12 wins, though, came in spurts. Texas Tech knocked off Mississippi State in dominating fashion to prepare for Chris Beard's return to Lubbock this week. Oh, gosh. That's it's going to be gonna awesome be, on Tuesday night. It's going to be great. I thought everything they did around Texas and Tennessee for Rick Barnes was so cool. So cool. From, you know, Chris Beard welcoming him to the thank you, Coach Barnes, to the – I mean, the, he got fired, right? And so and, – and I don't think Chris Del Conte was the dude that fired him, so it's a whole new administration that's there. But – Texas ends up winning that game, 52-51. TCU got the upset win over LSU. Iowa State won, 
And then outside of that, we got smoked in about every single every single game. Yep, then everybody else lost. We did watch a lot of the second half of Alabama-Baylor. I did, too. Yeah, that was a fun game to watch. Baylor's, like, sneaky good. I kept wondering uh, on my Saturday morning show. I was going back through it. Bama, you think, sneaky good? I think Bama's sneaky good, yeah. yeah. That was a big win for them. I for was tournament hopes and trying to remember if it was like Friday or Saturday I was doing a show and I kept thinking, boy, Baylor and Alabama could have been a matchup here in the tournament. And I went back and I'm like, oh, no, wait, dope. You had Baylor-Alabama as your championship game. That's why it keeps resonating with you from last year's NCAA tournament. And, of course, Alabama lost to UCLA. Baylor still ends up in the title game. So here we are. All right, uh, which gets us to OU and big story number three. Number three. So I was pretty much all in with the women's game. And was trying to follow it as much as I could. But, Josh, what was your takeaway from the Sooners' performance in Auburn, Alabama, falling 86-68? to Yeah, Auburn's really good. <laughs> One of my takeaways. Uh, gosh. Uh, you know, I just – I don't know what, there's what you not, say. There's no number that you look Jabari at and say, Smith oh. Is just incredible. Yeah, he's good. Uh, he's going to be a problem for them. And and by the way, the I guess the funny part of all this was that Bruce Pearl literally signed a lifetime contract right before a tip off. Yeah, that was that was interesting how that played out. Goldwire had a good game. Oh, you made a nice little run in the second half, and then uh, obviously Auburn widened it right back up. So you know, probably what we should have expected versus the number one team on the road. I know we're running out of time here, but here's what Porter Moser had to say post game. Here's why. Here's why I'm so uh, I'm not happy. Is you know, we we had it at four with basically ten left in the game, and we fought back and like an in a lead team, lead atmosphere, and we fought back. You're you're down four, and you you can't the margin for error against a team like this. We literally had away from our bench four just horrific turnovers on inbounds plays against the press. Just like one guy who never takes it out just grabbed it. One guy that's never supposed to be up front came in. Uh, we were supposed to set a high early for Bijan, a, a, a screen. We didn't. We just, you can't have that margin for error, uh, you know, against it. We need leadership. We need veterans. I thought Jordan Gowire played as good as he could play. Yeah. I mean, but he can't do it. You know, he needs more. He needs some help. And, um, you know, it's a huge atmosphere for, for, for some other younger guys. But that's where I'm frustrated. We had an inbounds. We had, I can think, four to five inbounds plays that when, is unacceptable. And it starts with me. And, but, man, I tell you, this is why, you know, you got to establish your group, establish who you are, because that's unacceptable um, to have, like, to cut it and to have four away from the bench. You need leadership. I can't, it's, I mean, you, you're away from the bench. We got to, you know, be in our positions that, we, that we're taught, that we're, that we're supposed to be in against the press. And we just, we have guys taking the ball out. We had guys just catching it, not spacing it, just, and it was, it was unacceptable. That's why I'm upset. Seems reasonable to me. My man seems fired up sooner as fall. But they get a chance to bounce back quickly tomorrow night against TCU. Yeah, they need to do I some saying? work in these next three games. What am I saying? Tonight against TCU, right? Is that right? Yeah. Wow. See, they flipped the calendar on me already in studio. So when they do that, it always kind of throws me off a little bit. Got to win this game versus TCU. Then you go to Oklahoma State. Obviously, Stillwater is always going to be challenging. I don't think there's – Though the record might indicate otherwise, I don't think there's a big, big difference between OU and Oklahoma State. 
But you got to find a way to win these games if you want to get into the tournament. I agree. All right, uh, quickly, big story number two. Number two. Is the Tom Brady retirement news. We'll talk about it more after the break. Big story number one. Number one. Number one. Number one. Super Bowl is set. All the highlights from the postgame coming up next as we roll on on a Monday. There's your top five stories of the day. We've got more Sooner Talk, including a little diamond sports. Baseball, softball, right around the corner. Might I say, by the way, in case you missed it from last Friday, Patty Gasso from right here on the Plank Show. Sportstalk1400.podomatic.com, where you can find it. We'll tweet that out, too. That might get a few uh, clicks. Yeah, I should probably I don't link know, it out there. I don't know if it'll be as impressive as Toby's picture of the 3D thing from Auburn. The transfer we'll portal? Best. The transfer portal. <laughs> it's a plank show. I agree with you a thousand percent on one thing, which is how quickly the turn tables. Right? Mahomes is walking out at the Post Malone show, and everyone's like, look how much fun he's having. This is great. Then all of a sudden, like two years later, it's like, yeah. Get out of here, Jackson and Brittany and I'm sick of the Chiefs, right? Which, you know, we probably should break that performance down. Brittany Matthews and Jackson Mahomes did not play well for the Kansas City Chiefs no, yesterday. I, I did notice, though. Since everybody hates them so much, let's break down their performances. <laughs> I did notice, though, Josh, that the TV station that was very proud of itself for getting there when no one believed in them <laughs> deleted the tweet. Oh, no. <laughs> That oh no! Did somebody get a screen cap as to how epic that? You would think. Here's what I said. This was one of my takes last night. Just grab that calendar and take it out there. It's my goodness, me, it's driving me crazy. I'm telling you what. They've moved. The they're doing some work in our studio, or not in our studio. I'm sorry, in our conference room, in in the boss lady's office. And so they're meeting literally out in the lobby right now. And about every two seconds, someone walks in to look at the calendar. Um, here's what I said about that tweet last night. What are you talking about? It's like, listen, I understand if you want to go back to week eight and say people were counting, that's great. But you're right at the ship and we're the two seed and we're the favorite to still make the Super Bowl. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, if I was a Chiefs fan and I saw them be like, no, we're not the underdog. In the TV station's defense, it was probably a news person that tweeted that you out. You think it was? <laughs> oh, you know it was. I did like the graphic that they added to it as well. The graphic was, it's like Mahomes throwing a pass, and it's like, nobody thought we'd be here. I'm like, I'd have money that says other words. Yeah. I, I'm sure that there was a lot more of a handle on Kansas City getting there than, say, Cincinnati. Though, I mean, there is a part of me that wonders – you want to, here's another excusinator for you. How much did that Bills game take out of them? No, nothing. No? I mean, okay. they, they jumped right. on I them tried. 21 to 3. I tried. They I tried. totally avoided the emotional letdown. They just, dude, they got beat. It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. I, I'm fascinated. We, we not getting any text messages today. Not getting any text messages about the game. Everybody hates Kansas City so much, but everybody's a coward. Won't text the show. <laughs> well, I, I do think we're in, in my opinion, a bit of a – maybe they're afraid of you, Josh. Maybe they're like, gosh, if I, if I set Josh off, this might not end well. But I think we're in a bit of a tough spot in the sports world. 
Just this this kind of starts. This is that week, people, where you can do your favorite sports movie segments, to be honest with you, right? <laughs> this is because the off week. This is it. I'm, I'm not even kidding. It's the first week of February. Signing day is on Wednesday. Signing day is not what it once was. Everyone knows everything by the time you get there. It's not uh, – I, I remember James telling the stories or TJ telling the stories that, you know, back in the day we'd be live from wherever and there'd be guys sitting around waiting for James to walk out and put a name up as a commitment. You know, anymore, you've got all 20 dudes and, you know, so that's not necessarily a big deal. It's a bye week. Unless Brady retires, everyone's kind of tired. There's Brady fatigue anyway. A lot of people are like, well, he still plays. I don't know how many Sooner fans. I saw someone congratulating Austin Seibert for getting to the Super Bowl last night. So I don't know how much you guys are really tuned into where current Sooner players are in the NFL anyway. It's it's kind of a tough week. If you don't care about the Bengals or the Rams, you're you're like, and I, well, you better get March fired yet. up about OU hoops tonight then. You're, not, you're probably not into basketball yet because, well, it's not March yet. It can be kind of a tough time. I mean, this is for a the lay fan. Massive game for Oklahoma if they're trying to make the dance. Well, speaking of that, I've got more from one Jenny Baranchek coming up later in the show. I know that's the women's side, and we've got to Wednesday when we're in Waco. But we got much more Porter Moser and some players to get to on the show too. Here's the I to go full circle to the start of the segment. The hate you mentioned. Oh, everyone's anti Kansas City, and and I understand it. But isn't it amazing how much suddenly everyone's like, oh, Odell Beckham Jr., how cool is this to see? So deserved. And you're like, what, what, are, we, what are we talking about right now? I mean, is it just that much disdain for Baker that suddenly it turns to where, look, all Odell needed to do was get away from Baker and he was fine. What a, what, by the way, the Browns – Dominated. Who was it? The Ravens the week after they got rid of Odell Beckham. It is kind of interesting to follow. I mean, Odell Beckham Jr., of course, was a guy that wasn't wasn't always necessarily described or thought of as a perfect locker room guy in New York. Sort of some of those same things kind of started happening in Cleveland, but you have to say, dude was tremendous in the NFC Championship game last night. And uh, collectively... Feels like the media excited for Odell Beckham Jr. or a lot of people. I mean, that's sort of the narrative is a positive narrative around OBJ, not uh, any of the the negative stuff. So, is is Matt is Matt Stafford supposed to be a bad guy? So I'm and I'm asking a serious question here because like I was I was listening to his post game last night, uh, and you know it's. He's going to his first Super Bowl, but he's not, like, beating his chest. Here, here. You know, thought about, you know, what I would be feeling at this moment. Other, You know, I probably just sat there and just wished I could be in those in those games. And uh, I'm so happy that I've got the opportunity to be in them, and I'm going to have an opportunity to be in another one that uh, I've always wanted to play in. I don't know. I just – I'm excited for these guys and, and looking forward for the opportunity. So, I mean, I don't know. I hear the dudes like Rob Parker and – Who's who does Bernie Fratto that's on our station and they're always stations, I should say. And they're always kind of dumping on him. They call him Stat Patford. And I'm like, he 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 was in a tough situation in Detroit. They made the playoffs the years they had good teams. They never had a Super Bowl roster, I don't think. And it seemed as if the Lions got a lot in return for giving him up and moving on from him. So I don't He wanted out. 
didn't look like uh, the future together was ever going to be what they wanted it to be. And uh, you, you get to reboot if you're Detroit. I know Detroit's sick of rebooting. Sure, yeah. Stafford, though, you know, Cincinnati's a great story. Them being ahead of schedule here and in the Super Bowl. And Joe Burrow, I know, is a, a fun, exciting young quarterback. But Stafford's a great story in his own right. H- hasn't had success in the playoffs until right here, right now. It's hard for me to bring myself to root for the city of Los Angeles and almost anything. But uh, I-, I find myself pulling a little bit for Stafford in this game, too. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's hard not to. He's – I mean, everything his wife went through. I mean, three years ago, she was relearning how to walk. And I know that sometimes – she was very much um, like Brittany. She's, they're not married yet, right? But like Patrick Mahomes' fiance, fiance yeah. right? That's how Kelly Stafford was viewed in Detroit. Hated her. Couldn't stand her. Because – I think what she was one of the first podcasters, so she was always making her voice heard. But I get it. I mean, I I understand there'll be a handful of fans, but I put I put this on Twitter Sunday morning, and I was really surprised to be honest with you. Asking would line fans should line fans be rooting for Matt Stafford, and eighty seven percent of people said yes. So I, I guess we have someone to root for, and what Stafford has been able to overcome. And as I mentioned, there's some there's some pretty cool Big Twelve ties. Zach Cromer is on the staff for the Los Angeles Rams, and uh, Zach was here. His dad, his dad was the offensive line coach for the Los Angeles Rams, and I think he moved on and got a job maybe with the Bears. But uh, Zach's been in Los Angeles for six years. Josh, he went from from working at Oklahoma to being an offensive assistant. With the Rams. So he's been there since about day one of the Sean McVay era. Um, Also, on the Rams coaching staff is former Oklahoma State quarterback Zach Robinson. Which, when I saw that, I was like, wait a minute. I know him. So you've got Zach Robinson on their staff. Meanwhile, I mean, listen, the Zach Taylor ties to Norman are fantastic. You know, you got a guy that... You know, has only been a head coach for three years and is going to the Super Bowl in his third year. I hope the story is more about his path as opposed to being a McVay disciple because he was only with Sean McVay for two years. Half as many Super Bowl appearances as Patrick Mahomes, Zach Taylor in Cincinnati. The Rams, just as many Super Bowl appearances as Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City. Continue, please. So, I guess from from my perspective, and Zach's brother press – is a very impressive young coach. I can't, you know, I, I got to see his press still in Philly. Uh, press is in Indy right now. A senior offensive assistant for the Indianapolis Colts. And I'll just, I'll say this now, by the way, uh, yeah, you're all going to get a, a heavy dose of the Norman product press Taylor because he was at the University of Tulsa, by God, back in 2011. But, you know, Zach Taylor's the head coach of the NFL and is going to the Super Bowl. His brother Press is going to be talked about here in a couple of years. You watch, I mean, he's only 34 right now. And as it stands right now, he's a senior offensive assistant. So usually that next step from senior offensive assistant is either a position coach or a coordinator's job. So you've got Zach Taylor, Norman product in the Super Bowl. Uh, Cincinnati, I guess I was a little bit blown away by – 
a couple of names. They had like Brad Cragthorpe, which might not resonate, but their assistant wide receivers coach was a graduate of Holland Hall. He was a quarterback for Holland Hall. And his dad, Steve Cragthorpe, was head coach at University of Tulsa for a while. I'm sure, but it's it's kind of cool to see some of the Big 12 ties beyond just what we focus and talk about on the field with Samaje, Joe Mixon, and Jordan Nevins going to the Super Bowl, and Bobby Evans and Oba Okoronkwo. So really, really cool, really cool side stories beyond the massive number of Sooner players that were on the Chiefs. Yeah, I know. Let's all celebrate these Sooners that are going, but not talk about any of the Sooners that are on the Chiefs. Surpri- cool, everybody. Surprising name on the Bengals coaching staff that I'd completely forgotten about, Al Golden. He's been their linebackers coach for six years. He was the head coach of the Miami Hurricanes at one point. Remember, he was the guy that wore the tie on the sidelines, and he'd won at Temple, so everyone's like, oh, my gosh, linebackers coach at Cincinnati. All right, quick break. Uh, we're back with a little bit of OU Hoops talk as they get set for TCU tonight. I, if the Air Comfort Solutions text line has been too quiet for you, I do have Oh, a- it's, <laughs> it's been heating up. Okay, I Asking do- you shower to see. We've got a couple of Kansas City sucks on there. Well earned by me. I don't get that, though. They don't suck. They lost in the AFC Championship game. They've been there four straight years. They're going to be good again next year. If I were to ask you right now to place a $100 wager on who you think would end up back in the AFC Championship game next year, would you put it on Cincinnati or Kansas City? You'd put it on either Kansas City or Buffalo. Yeah, yeah Buffalo, right. Um, but this is a really good point from KC Ping, who writes, the blame should be placed on the halftime performance of Walker Hayes. <laughs> Which that halftime show, oh my goodness. It was all downhill from there. When did they – okay, question – now, I, I did time some things out really well in these two games because um, halftime, essentially, of the Cowboys – what am I saying? Of the NFC game between the 49ers and the, the Rams was spent taking care of a, a very funny injury that I'm not allowed to laugh about yet. So we'll, we'll talk about it later. Maybe tomorrow with KJ. Maybe. Uh, and I'll tell you about it during the break. But, like, halftime of the, the Chiefs game was spent running and, and grabbing food for my daughter. So I timed everything out perfect, right? I was home all day. I didn't do anything yesterday, Josh. Anything. Like, literally, I did a radio show last night from 10P to 1A. That was it. I mean, I sat and I watched football, and that was it. That's a day. It was a day. It was. It's two Sundays in a row. I don't want it to end. It's like whenever it was over, I just sat on my couch and cried. It was like <laughs> both games were fantastic, it, very but exciting. Are they trying to make the halftime shows and the championship games a thing now? It seems that way. Okay. Or was this just like Nelly performing like he was a couple weeks ago, and we're like, oh, they're going to win the game? Because I felt like when I got back, they were showing the performance. It turned into such a disaster. I I can't believe how bad it sounded. The CBS guys screaming down there into their microphones. I mean, you could hardly understand what they were saying. It, it was it was just atrocious. Meanwhile, I believe Crimson warns us to get our milk and bread while we can. <laughs> yeah, he's the one that texted, by the way. Kendall. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Thanks, Kansas dude. Sucks. Um, we've got a 100% chance of a winter storm. On Wednesday. Now, um, it looks like Wednesday and Thursday are going to suck. Oh, yeah? I can't think of any other way to put it. 
according to Jed Castles with an S on the end. Wednesday, 25 degrees with a 100% chance of precipitation. Though, you know what sucks about this? Winds out of the north at 20 to 30 miles per hour. Thursday, 17 degrees, 100% chance of precipitation. Winds out of the north at 20 to 40 miles an hour. But everybody just calm down, calm down because by Saturday and Sunday, it's a high of 35 and 36. And by Tuesday of next week, we're back up to the 50s, which is wild because we're going to reach a high of 70 degrees tomorrow or today, 70. And tomorrow, there's about a 40% chance of rain later in the day. And that's it. I wonder if we'll change when we're leaving for basketball on Wednesday. Because we're trying to get out in front of yeah, it. Yeah, we're going to leave day of, but I might need to pack a bag for Waco this weekend. Not anyway, a bad idea. Highs, as Jed Castles put it, a five star afternoon, and then the cold front arrives tomorrow before the Arctic air plunges in Wednesday. Rain, freezing rain, sleet, then snow. You know, my daughter has already started asking about, like, literally as we were driving to work this morning. Are we going to have school on Wednesday? I'm like, babe, we're Washington, America. We're not shutting down school for anything. If we can get you to school, by God, I'm dropping you off at school. Kind of makes me uh, a little bit excited about my trip next Wednesday to L.A., huh? Makes me feel a little bit better about the fact that I'll be on the West Coast sooner rather than later. Pretty exciting. Have we nailed one of these winter storms that have been promoted for like a week yet or not? I feel like... We're about it snowed a little bit last week. Yeah, I feel like we're about one for five on those predictions. I kind of feel like we're 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 like a punch and Judy middle infielder, you know. Whenever it comes to the forecasters getting that one right, if they call for snow and it actually does snow, that's <laughs> half the battle for me. Yeah. Okay, um, ten fifty. We've got Jenny Baranchek and her post game coming up after the top of the hour, which was great. Uh, listen, we've got to get into this game tonight. This is. Must win for the Sooners tonight? Yeah, you got to take care of home court. Sure. You can't lose to these guys twice. Must win. We'll talk about Oklahoma TCU coming up here in just a bit. More fallout from the tough one against Auburn. And yeah, tons of football stuff. I mean, we're still, to a certain degree, just curious what the future holds from one Caleb Williams. Nothing. I mean, absolutely nothing has been reported or talked about. There was a rumor last night that he had told Wisconsin that he's not coming, but then that's it from one source. But we'll see. It's a plank show right here on The Ref. Came to the decision last night, Josh. I think we need to start like a football, an NFL-only podcast where we just once a week, we sit down on like a, I don't know, a Tuesday night and hit everything. I'd love it. Because, I mean, listen, we get a, somebody say, get a three-hour show every day. Yeah, we got a three-hour show, but, I mean, this is the home of Sooner fans, and I love it, and I embrace it. So we're going to always, you know, probably dive into Sooner Talk in moments where we could do a three-hour show on Tom Brady's retirement. We could do a 10-hour show on the reporting of it, which would be fascinating. I want to go to a journalism class today. Will someone let me go sit in on their journalism class? I want to hear how professors talk about this. But there's just so much going on in the NFL right now. Like, for instance, during the break, I saw that Rich Passaccia is interviewing for the Jaguars job. Now, I thought that Byron Leftwich had been hired like a week ago. Yeah. 
And then all of a sudden, you get not only the report of Vic Fangio getting a hire or getting an interview, but now Rich Passaccia? We haven't even touched in the two hours we've been on the air so far today on the fact that it looks like Josh McDaniels is going to get another shot. I don't know how to feel about it, but I mean, I'm sure I'll talk myself into it by the middle of the week. Oh, you have to. Yeah. But I, I don't know. It's just, it's been a wild 24 to 48 hours to what now, almost 72. And that barely includes the games that we had. So crazy time in the NFL. And, oh, by the way, the Senior Bowl is underway. I'm seeing a lot of good stuff so far on my timeline from what Tyrese Robinson is doing. Uh, Jim Nagy was just on with Gabe and Teddy this week, so I'll go back and listen to that, chop up a few things to share. But draft season in full swing. Let's go. All right. We have not done our due diligence on this here very radio program today on Oklahoma TCU. So we'll touch on a little hoops. I'll take you back to Saturday and the win over TCU. You'll hear from Jenny Baranchek and Maddie Williams. Did I say that right? Win over Texas on Saturday. Thank you. Um, and gosh, there's much more. 405-329-9000 if you want to jump in. Lines are open. Air Comfort Solutions, text line 651-3439. That's 405-651-3439. And as always, the show is always on on Twitter, at Josh Honref, at Plank Show. You're listening to the home of Sooner fans.